Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. As Russia continues to attack the citizenry of Ukraine, viciously and brutally unprovoked, they continue to use their army against the civilians of that country. As they now invite the Syrians in, because I guess they're running out of soldiers, I don't know. And they have the Wagner group, a hit squad, and they have the Chechnyans, hit squads coming in to try and take out various officials and individuals. Russia warns NATO and the United States, stop supplying arms to Ukraine. Excuse me? And the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the media, they're shivering, they're wetting themselves. Because Putin mentioned nuclear war. Lavrock, his uh, right-hand clown, mentions nuclear war. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in this position today because we've shown nothing but weakness. Certainly I, and nobody I know, is looking for all-out war or ground war in Europe and so forth and so on. But the way you avoid war is peace through strength. Exactly what Ronald Reagan said and did, and exactly what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump wouldn't have put up with this crap either. We all sound like a bunch of McGovernites now, a Buchananites. It's really quite pathetic. It really is quite pathetic. And the failure of this administration to use its muscle when it comes to oil and gasoline is a disgrace. Now we hear from Blinken. Not Biden, Blinken, the Secretary of the State of Confusion. 
that we are offering to the Poles and others as swap. That if they'll allow the Ukrainian pilots to use some of their F-16s and MiG-29s, which they know how to fight, we will help replace them. But Putin, we're told, might view that as an act of war. Ladies and gentlemen, Putin is becoming a propagandist for the Putin wing of the Republican Party, for the Democrat Party, for the media, and all the rest of them. What are we going to do if he gets through with Ukraine and then he goes into Romania, or Latvia, or Lithuania, or Estonia, or Hungary, or Poland? Now you're going to have a real war on your hands. That's why Ukraine must be the red line. Ukraine is it. And the people in Ukraine want to fight, and they are fighting. The people in Ukraine are fighting. Giving the Russians a hell of a time, even though they're way outmanned, way outmanned in terms of weaponry. I've talked to some generals, I've talked to some majors and colonels, I've talked to combat strategists and so forth. I don't just bring in one or two ding-dongs or crackpots, like some of my brothers and sisters in this business. Almost to a man, and in one case a woman, they agree. No fly zone, we can't, we can't be involved in that, we can't send ground troops, and we can do a hell of a lot more than we're doing. A hell of a lot more. As we must. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. In some ways, he's been an unmitigated disaster when it comes to judges, in my view. I've told him that myself. And in many ways, he's an interventionist. I'm not an interventionist, but he's right on this. He's correct on this. That this being, if Putin could be taken out, he should be taken out. Not by us. By his own people, by the people he's attacking and trying to destroy and, and, uh, and murder in mass. They have every right to fight back. They have every right to try and take him out. That's why he's hiding like a, uh, like a cornered rat. He's not in Moscow, they say. He's in some massive bunker surrounded by uh, confidants and all the rest. Now, I understand we are, what do they call it, Mr. Producer, on Twitter, when, you're take, when there's just a lot of action going on on some tweet or something. I understand my monologue from last night on Life, Liberty, and Liberty is trending on Twitter. Now, I don't follow Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know precisely what trending on Twitter means because I don't give a damn. I'm a free man. You know, it feels so good not to care what Twitter does, people on Twitter do, or Facebook. It's so liberating. You really ought to try it. You ought to try a second life. Try freedom. I get all these emails. And over on the, uh, on the Blaze, on the site there, our wonderful site there, it's Levin's monologue from last night is trending on Twitter. I said, trending on Twitter? Yeah. Who cares? What do I care? And I get emails from people telling me, and I won't name their names, what's with so-and-so and such-and-such? 
I said, what are you talking about? Well, so I thought they were conservatives. I thought at least they would understand the difference between Putin and Levinsky. I said, well, apparently they don't. Apparently they don't. They don't know the difference. Or apparently they don't care. Well, in any event, I do care. And I see the Reagan Foundation and Library is going to be awarding, or has awarded, Levinsky in Ukraine uh, the Ronald Reagan Medal, which is rarely presented except to true, uh, true statesmen and world leaders, of which he is one, no question about it. Some people are trying to walk a fine line here, too. So, you know, I, I don't want us to start World War III. On the other hand, I do understand if the situation's out of control, because wars don't work this way. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Putin is not going to fire nuclear weapons. You want to know why, Mr. Producer? He doesn't want to get obliterated. He likes power. He's the kind of guy that's constantly looking in the mirror. Remember when he rides the horse around without a shirt? When he rides his horse around without a shirt, you know what he looks like? A middle-aged guy riding his horse around without a shirt. In other words, it's not a very pretty picture. He's not suicidal. If he were suicidal, he'd already launch nukes. Why wait? Why wait? Why not send tactical nukes right now? Right into Ukraine. Or for that matter, into the NATO countries. Why not? Why doesn't he just do it now? What does he have to wait for provocation? If you're planning on using nukes, and you want to go down like it's, uh, like it's the movie Failsafe, I, uh, I don't know what he's waiting for. He's waiting for it because he doesn't want to do it. That's why. It's not like he's an Islamo-Nazi in Tehran. Now, those guys with nukes could be very dangerous because they believe God has told them to use the nukes to advance their, their faith, I suppose. But Putin doesn't have a faith, except in himself. Mirrored assassinations, murder. He wants to hold on to power. Why would he want to kill him himself? He doesn't. First of all, he's a coward. He's cloak and dagger. He's KGB, in my view. Secondly, a guy like him needs to understand strength. Tell me, why didn't he invade Ukraine when Donald Trump was president if he doesn't care about nukes? Hmm? Because he does. Well, why didn't he? Because he feared Trump. He didn't know what he would do. He figured he's unpredictable at a minimum. That's good. Xi didn't either. Why? Because he feared Trump, too. Why did they fear Trump? Because Trump built up the military? He's quite forceful in the statements he made. He made many statements to these uh, genocidal maniacs in personal conversations, warning them. As President Trump apparently said at, at some event recently, he told Putin he'll hit Moscow if they hit one of these countries or, or take a shot at us. Apparently that got Putin's attention. He didn't say, you know what? You're escalating. I'm shooting missiles. Nuclear missiles. He didn't do that. Most of the people commenting about what's taking place are utterly ignorant of history. Completely and utterly. Most of them haven't read many books. 
let alone one book, on the rise of Mao, the rise of Lenin, the rise of Hitler, and on and on and on. They cherry-picked their generals, they cherry-picked their guests to advance a point of view. That's all. I had one gentleman come up to me today, and he said to me, very nice guy, he said, I'm a big fan, but I have a question. I said, go ahead. Why do we believe the press today? I said, I don't believe the press today. He said, but you believe that Putin is ravaging through Ukraine? I said, sir. That's not a matter of believing our press. That's the world press. Those are cameras. There's Fox people there. There's independent reporters there. There are long lines of evacuees. You can see the cities and so forth. Just like man landing on the moon, Putin has in fact invaded Ukraine. It's not a matter of believing the press. It's a matter of believing your own eyes and your own ears. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the one who wants to prevent a world war. But I see this axis of evil between Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow. And I thought James Carfano made a very important point last night on life, liberty, and living. And he said, you can't analyze Russia without realizing what's taking place in China and Iran. They're sharing each other's goals. They're backstopping each other. China needs oil. Iran provides it. Russia needs a financial system because we've cut them off. China provides it. And I can go through the whole list. You think you duck Ukraine, then it's over. It's not over. That's not how Putin thinks. And as Carfano pointed out, he served 25 years in the United States military. I know they'll attack him. Well, he worked at the Heritage Foundation with all the neocons. Stop listening to stupidity, in my humble opinion. Left, right, in between. This isn't about left, right, in between. This is about prudence. This is about experience. This is about judgment. This is about knowing what the hell you're talking about. The fact of the matter is, we leave Putin alone, or leave this situation alone. What do we have to do with it? It's going to expand. We left Putin alone. We didn't send anything into Ukraine of any significance. We didn't send in any Patriot missiles. We didn't do that stuff. Putin was left alone. So he attacked. Why? Because he was left alone. And he saw what was going on in Afghanistan. And you have a lot of people today on radio and TV and in the media who've written books who are rewriting history. They wanted to get out of Afghanistan, and they didn't care how the hell they would get out of Afghanistan. All of us, well, he didn't do it right. Oh, okay. When Trump took out Soleimani, just remember what you saw on TV and heard on the radio and read in the newspapers. That's a provocative act. Iran's going to get angry. So we're not allowed to defend ourselves unless Lawrence, Kansas is hit. Unless Elizabeth, New Jersey's directly hit. Unless Peoria, Illinois, is directly hit. Only then, you see, can we stand up. There's a lot of what we call dreck. There's a lot of crap that you're hearing. And by the way, when you hear people dismiss the opinion of other people, well, you know, 
That's just the military-industrial complex. That's just a, What's the military-industrial complex? We didn't go on offense, and I'm not even saying we should send troops into Ukraine. What military-industrial complex? Folks, we don't have enough. We, turns out today we found we don't have enough F-16s to go around. Did you hear that, Mr. Producer? We don't have enough F-16s. This is, our, this is the heart of our Air Force right now, even still, even though it's being replaced, to go around to NATO and so It's shocking. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, you've been hearing me talk about Hillsdale College's goal to give away for free copies of the Constitution and Declaration. They've set a goal to give away one million copies in 2022, and the response has been tremendous. However, this offer, my listeners, expires soon. So please, if you haven't already gotten your free copy, go right now to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. These two founding documents have made America the freest and most prosperous nation in human history. And these days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. So to claim your free copy, Go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, complete a simple form, and you'll get your very own copy through the mail for free. You can reserve your copy immediately at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Hello, 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 everybody. I will be on Hannity tonight. I believe around 9.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be on Hannity. Now, Colonel Kemp was the commander of British forces for a period of time in Afghanistan and has seen a lot more combat than that. And he provides significant advice to individuals all over the world, including uh, to the Trump administration at one point. He's an extremely good guy, and he was on last night, too, and he asked the question, I don't understand. Why wouldn't we want Putin taken out? Throughout military history, throughout world history, that's what you did. And this is what I don't understand. We took out Yamamoto. We took out some of their top generals. Washington ordered his sharpshooters to take out some of the British generals, for which I sort of apologized, tongue-in-cheek, to my friend Richard Kemp, British commander that's not the government ordering the taking out of Putin it's encouraging people to do a Putin to what he's trying to do to Levinsky Levinsky's actually trying to assassinate excuse me Putin's actually trying to assassinate Levinsky Folks, you've been hearing me talk about Hillsdale College's goal to give away for free copies of the Constitution and Declaration. They've set a goal to give away one million copies in 2022, and the response has been tremendous. However, this offer, my listeners, expires soon. So please, if you haven't already gotten your free copy, go right now to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. These two founding documents have made America the freest and most prosperous nation in human history. And these days, with so much of our liberty, 
liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. So to claim your free copy, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, complete a simple form, and you'll get your very own copy through the mail for free. You can reserve your copy immediately at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Even some of the people in the media are understanding to some extent, and I don't hold out hope that this will be permanent, are displaying some common sense. Such as this guy, John Carl, chief Washington correspondent for ABC News. I wonder who the lack of chief is. Anyway, even he noticed something on ABC's This Week. Cut eight, go. Back to the key issue here, which is the question of, the, of, of banning the import of oil and gas from, from Russia. You know, it is not insignificant. Uh, we actually take in more petroleum from Russia than we do from Saudi Arabia. Uh, so, so the ban will result in, and, and it also obviously affects the world supply as well. So you'll see oil go from not $100 a barrel to 150 maybe $200 a barrel. But it's extraordinary, George, for all of the, uh, the sanctions that have been imposed, and they have been unprecedented uh, on, on Russia, to sanction everything but the thing that drives their economy. Yes, Georgie, what do you think of that? Nobody understands it. I understand it. I understand it. I explained it the other day. Today being Monday, I explained it on Friday. Oh, yes, you know what it is, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener. You know now. It's Iran. What do you mean, Mark? You see, Biden and Blinken and Rudolph and the rest... They've sold us out to Iran because they want this Iran deal. They will do anything for the Iran deal to put it back because they are appeasers. They will do anything for the Iran deal. So Russia obviously told them, you screw us with oil and gas. You take us out that way, the way Reagan did, really. You do that to us, uh, we're not going to help you with Iran. You get my drift, Mr. Producer? You see what I'm saying, America? He's made a deal with the devil. More than one devil. Has Biden. And hence we are in this situation. And then he says, well, let's see this. Let's follow up with this. Anthony Binken on CNN yesterday. I just want to close the circle. Go. So you point out <clears throat> accurately that the, that the sanctions are unprecedented. They are. Um, they're stronger than they've ever been. Uh, but... The U.S. still has not moved as quickly as the EU has on sanctions against the Russian political elite. I mean, the Duma... Now, before they get credit, and I want to talk to you about a concerning poll that I have, and, I, and this is why I continue to say on the air here, don't, don't be cocky, America, patriots, about we're going to win the next election, we're going to slam these people, because people are, are buying some of this propaganda that Joe Biden is actually a good war president, and Joe Biden actually has helped defeat the virus after the uh, State of the Union speech. So we need to start paying attention to this. This is no joke. we got to fight like, uh, like we could lose, which we could. And I've got a lot more on that front, too. It's really quite concerning. 
on how they're trying to destroy the electoral system by going after all the lawyers. In fact, that was sent to me today by my stepson, and I sent it to everyone I could think of on radio and TV. So they would all have that information and hopefully use it today. I don't know whether they did. But go ahead, go on. Council, the cabinet, their families. Let us remember one other thing. Joe Biden lifted all of Trump's sanctions pretty much against Russia before they invaded Ukraine. So while these are the toughest sanctions ever, these are the toughest sanctions ever, just remember what Joe Biden did to the lead up to this attack. Go ahead, please. Hundred oligarchs. The U.S. has not banned uh, imports of Russian oil. Uh, the U.S. has not rolled out trade sanctions. We're still working with the Russians on the Iran deal. Why not do everything we can now? Well, Speaker Pelosi said she's willing to to cut off all imports well, of Russian oil. We're uh, we're we're adding to uh, the sanctions virtually every day. We're doing it in coordination with Europeans. When there's a difference between us, if there's a, a, a loophole on one side or the other, we're closing it. That's part of the work that I was doing here. And when it comes to oil, Russian oil, um, I was on the phone yesterday with the the president and other members of the cabinet uh, on exactly uh, this subject. And we are now talking uh, to our European partners and allies to look. Uh, in a coordinated way. In other way, words, ladies uh, and gentlemen, it's being done by committee. If they can't get the committee to go along, they're not going to do it. Also, something that was obvious by early last week, we talked about that too, which is all this talk about Biden leading and Biden leading and Biden le- Biden's not leading. Biden's not leading at all. What Biden is doing is is following. So if the Germans take the lead on something, he'll go along. If the Turks take a lead on something, he'll go along. Biden is not leading. There's simply no doubt about that. I'll give you another piece of evidence. There's Tony Blinken on Meet the Press. What amazes me is the time they have. They should be sitting at their desk working on this stuff, but they're always running around on the media. So here he is with Schmuck Todd, a complete low IQ loser. Go ahead. We are looking, uh, again, as we speak, in coordination with allies and partners at this prospect of banning oil imports. So it's interesting you added the in coordination. We will not do this unilaterally. The United States Mm -hmm. is not going to do this unilaterally. A hallmark of everything we've done to date has been this coordination with allies and partners. We are much more effective across the board when we're doing things together uh, in as close a coordination as possible. There are instances where uh, we each do something uh, a little bit different, but it complements. Uh, By the way, the it's whole... a little bit differently, Mr. Ivy Leaguer. Go ahead. In the first instance, uh, we want to make sure that we're acting in, in, in coordination. I'm not going to r- rule out taking action one way or another, okay. uh, irrespective of what they do, but uh, everything we've done, uh, the approach starts with coordinating with allies and partners. I see. So you're not leading. So you're not, what's the difference between an ally and a partner, too, by the way? I'm just a little perplexed. I'm not sure exactly. Now, uh, we have um, Blinken also, uh, just to underscore a point that I made earlier. Well, you know what? Forget about it. It's a guy by the name of Ali Velshi. He's on MSLSD. Ali Velshi. Ali's a sick man, in my humble opinion. But then again, he's on MSLSD, and that is a requirement on your resume for working there. Ali is 
very much like a Joy Reid or a, what's the other girl's name? I forget, the Cross, uh, Tiffany, the Tiff, Tiffany Cross, that's right. So this is where the heads are at on MSLSD. Cut, 10, go. Victor Orban makes a distinction between refugees and migrants. Refugees, he says, are sort of legitimate people uh, who are... Wait a minute, are we sure this is Ali Velshi? Sounds like his guest. Anyway, go ahead. Migrants are opportunists, and basically the way he's, uh, he's colored this is that people who were coming from the Arab world were sort of sli- uh, you know, slipping in on the, on the slipstream uh, to try and get to Europe. These people are really fleeing uh, a crisis. But that's not how it breaks down in practicality, Maddie. What it turns out to be is that yeah. they're okay with, with whiter people than they are with darker people. This is just incredible. And it's nonstop at MSLSD which is owned mostly by white people, Comcast. And I think they ought to just come out of the closet fully and say, we are the racist network. So if you're a bigot, you're a racist. If you believe in critical race theory, if you support Louis Farrakhan and on and on and on, we're your network over here at MSLSD. So he's talking to Madi, Hassan Madi, Madi, I don't know, on MSNBC yesterday, cut 11, go. It's being reported that Denmark is planning to exempt Ukrainian refugees from its controversial jewelry law that allows the government to seize assets and valuables above 1100 US dollars in value from migrants in order to fund their stay in Denmark. That engagement ring passed down generation by generation in your family. Well, the Danes said you've got to hand that over to pay for your asylum. So I wonder what it is about Ukrainian refugees that now makes it unnecessary for them to have to oh, raid. Oh, I see. I wonder what it is. Because Denmark is a tiny little country, pal. And it is in Europe. And they have alliances and they have agreements. It can't take in all the world's people from every continent. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I wonder how many Ukrainians are being taken in on the other continents, Mr. Producer. Do we have any idea? No, I don't think we do. So this has absolutely nothing to do with race. Nothing. But if you're really into this, ladies and gentlemen, if in your heart and soul you're a racist, MSNBC is your network. It's morning, noon, and night. So if this is where you go, this is how you roll. In the middle of a war... Your focus isn't on Putin and Russia. Your focus isn't on the horrific events that are taking place, the horror. Your focus is on racism and a very bizarre twist of facts that MSNBC is your network. From the morning schmo through the morning, the afternoon, all the way into the night. All the way into the night. Because that's how this is looked at. Really quite remarkable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, you've been hearing me talk about Hillsdale College's goal to give away for free copies of the Constitution and Declaration. 
They've set a goal to give away 1 million copies in 2022, and the response has been tremendous. However, this offer, my listeners, expires soon. So please, if you haven't already gotten your free copy, go right now to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. These two founding documents have made America the freest and most prosperous nation in human history. And these days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. So to claim your free copy, Go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, complete a simple form, and you'll get your very own copy through the mail for free. You can reserve your copy immediately at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Do you notice on MSNBC the racist now? They never talk about racism in the Middle East. They never talk about racism in Africa. They never talk about racism in Asia. Have you noticed this, Mr. Bedouz? They never talk about hate generally, where it comes from, where it's formed. It's always a one-way street. It's an amazing thing. Why is that? Do only certain people hate? Are only certain people racist? I'm just wondering. Seems to me that this is a uh, a critical race theory, race promoting, racist promoting network. MSNBC. It's that simple. Now they'll bring in a few of the transparent types. You know, like the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. You can't get much more white than that, caucasized than that. I don't think. To the point where you see the blue blood running through their veins. It's, 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 it's kind of grotesque, but that's why they have makeup. But who am I to question? I'm an olive-skinned American. In fact, so are you, Mr. Producer, and so are you, Mr. Callscreener. We're all olive-skinned Americans, aren't we? If you ever saw Mr. Cementa, who is my producer, we call him Rick, uh, Rich, Rich is olive-skinned. If you ever saw Richie, Richie has a Puerto Rican heritage. He's olive-skinned. Rich has an Italian heritage. He's olive-skinned. I'm of Jewish heritage, but, sorry, Russian as well. Olive-skinned. We're olive-skinned Americans. That's what we are. We don't hate anybody, certainly not because of the uh, color of skin. So we would never fit in on MSLSD. The racist station. Now, I'm not trying to harp on this, but it's every damn day, every damn issue. It doesn't really matter. It comes down to the same damn thing. These are sick people. May I say that? I think I will. Now, let's talk about oil. No, no, no. Not about Chuck Schumer's hair. Oil. Oil. Everybody's wondering. Why aren't you cutting off Russian oil? Why aren't you sanctioning Russian oil? Would you prefer if we call Russia oil ExxonMobil? Would that get you all worked up and excited? I think it would. So rather than calling it Russian oil, let's call it ExxonMobil oil, and then, you know, the Democrats will get all excited. It's big oil, you know, like big meat, you know, that sort of thing. 
big meat. You don't realize how stupid they are. <laughs> okay. But big oil, ladies and gentlemen. We now import more oil, as you heard John Carl, from Russia than we do Saudi Arabia. Well, why are we importing any of it when we were energy independent not long ago? It's Trump. Trump. It's January 6th. That's what happened. Oh, okay. I'm mistaken. Peter Ducey, the deuce. White House briefing today. Cut four, go. So gas prices are approaching an all-time high per gallon. How high would they have to get before President Biden would say, I'm going to set aside my ambitious climate goals and just increase domestic oil production, get the producers to drill more here, and we can address the fossil fuel future later? Well, again, Peter, the U.S. produced more oil this past year than in President Trump's first year. Next year, according to the Department of Energy... Whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me? In President Trump's first year, he was cleaning up Barack Obama's last year. They had to undo the regulations. Drilling oil is not, for you liberals, it's not like picking your nose. It actually is a lot of work. You have to do a lot of planning. You have to hire people. You have to commit the resources, the capital, and so forth. You have to get the licenses, and you have to use those licenses to drill. What does this have to do with anything? Has that, you know, we're, we're drilling more this year than we did in the first year. Of, hey, idiot. We're energy independent. Why don't you talk about the last year of Trump? That they won't do. So now they want you to believe they're drilling tons and tons of oil out of one side of their mouth. Out of the other side of their mouth, they want you to know we can't drill oil. We're getting off of fossil fuels. We believe in climate change. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 it's almost as if the Putin wing of our political system does not want Putin to lose, Mr. Bruce. Don't you feel that way? It's so weird. So allowing them to have F-16s or MiG-29s with 40 miles of Russian tanks and equipment sitting there and to take out any of their helicopters and, uh, and jets that is, the Russians, that would be provocative. I mean, it's amazing to me. So Ukraine has to be conquered. Its people have to be slaughtered. What's left has to be uh, controlled under Putin. And hopefully that will satisfy the men. I, I don't even understand the way this, the people are thinking here. He's provoked by the very existence of the Ukraine. He's provoked by the very existence of NATO. 
He's provoked by the non-existence of the Soviet Union. So somehow, we're told the man is deranged. So don't poke him in the eye. You're going to cause some problems. We'll get World War III. And I'm thinking to myself, if the guy wanted World War III, he'd fire off his nukes already. He doesn't need provocation for that. Doesn't even make any sense. Well, if you send in those jets, you know, that we're going to consider the United States involved. Okay. The Soviet Union considered the United States involved in a whole lot of battles that were going on in satellite countries, including Afghanistan. How do you think they were knocking out those massive Russian attack helicopters with our mobile missiles? We're the ones that drove the Russians out of Afghanistan, and Biden's the one that drove us out of Afghanistan as well. But you get my point? Doesn't even make any sense. So if you're going to help allies defend themselves, or even more, if you're going to create situations in where our enemies, in this case, adversary, enemy, now he's the enemy, are, are trying to make, a, uh, you know, expand their power and so forth and so on, now we can't do it because they have nukes. They've had nukes for half a century. I just want you to listen to this convoluted thinking. Well, look, you're going to provoke them into a world war. Well, who can stop them? He's invaded a neighboring country. He's blowing their cities off the face of the earth to the extent he can. He's coming under resistance. And they're saying, don't, don't, don't. You might start a war. He did start a war. Well, don't, don't let, them, don't let them, them have fighters. They might actually have a fighting chance. And we can't have Putin as a loser. Maybe I'll fire off nukes. He can fire off nukes now if he wants to. I will be on Hannity tonight around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I think I need to elaborate on this. On the idiocy that consumes the commentariat. And I love the way the commentariat talks about the elitists won a war. Do they realize they're the elitists? And that by their stupidity, their lack of historical knowledge, and apparently their self-hate for this country, they will get us into a world war. Because that's pretty much what it takes. That's pretty much what it takes. Now, the Russians have put in place what they call their hooliganism law. Hooliganism law. Excuse me, I didn't want to cuss. What's that? What's the hooliganism law? It's what fascists and Marxists do when they don't like people who oppose them. If you disagree with the Russian government, either online or in protests or any other way, you're subject to a minimum of eight years in prison. A minimum of eight years in prison. So any anti-war protesters now are subject to eight years in prison. They're rounding them up by the thousands. By the thousands. Think about that. Now, while all this is going on, Joe Biden, under the radar, is close to cutting a deal with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran that, ins- that assures that they have nuclear warheads on intercontinental ballistic missiles that can hit America. Plus, he wants to give them at least $11 billion through the back door. Think about that. Why don't they just call these guys Trump? Then, then Putin will hate them. 
excuse me, then Biden will hate them. Ah, you know, mix them up. Imagine that. So while we're watching what's going on in Ukraine, and we should, there's another object going on in the corner of your eye that you're not seeing unless you've listened to this program or watched me on TV and Levin TV, which is the Iran deal. Now, the Iran deal will ensure that the Iranians have nuclear weapons in a very short period of time. And retired Colonel Kemp talked about this on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And he said, and he explained, that this is insane. It's unimaginable. Nobody would have thought that this would be taking place like this. Nobody. It's really quite incredible. And keep something else in mind. Under federal law that set this whole stupid system in place in violation of the federal treaty clause to begin with, the constitutional treaty clause, Biden has to come back to Congress. And I want to I say Mitch McConnell has stepped up and said, you know, it won't be like last time. He will have difficulty. That's the fighting words, Mitch. How about we're going to do everything we damn well can to block this? Mitch, I think that would be a better statement. Don't you, America? He's such a doofus. May I say that? I think I did. So by the time this clown in the Oval Office is done, the Iranians will be nuked up. Russia will be rolling over whatever it wants to roll over. Xi will be attacking, of course, Taiwan. The border's wide open. We've got murder rates through the roof here. And the guy's poll numbers are going up, Mr. Producer. After the state of the confusion speech. The guy's poll numbers are going up, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know this? Now, why are they going up? This is National Pubic Radio here. Biden gets a bounce after the State of the Union. NPR, PBS News, our Maris poll shows. For what's been a bleak several months publicly, uh, politically for President Biden, a new NPR, PBS News, our Maris survey finds he's seeing a significant boost in his approval ratings across the board. Now, I don't necessarily believe these people. Why should we believe these people? But it's still worth considering. Overall approval rating jumped to 47%, an eight-point jump from the NPR poll last month, so NPR had him at 39% before. Ukraine handling is up 18 points to 52%. Coronavirus pandemic handling is now 55%, up eight points. Economic handling is up eight points. You know, I think the Putin wing of the Republican Party is hurting us, even politically here at home. When you have clowns in Congress or on TV, on radio, we're going on and on about, uh, you know, how we're going to uh, incite Putin and get our existence incites Putin and so forth. Or uh, do you want to send your kids to war? Or uh, what does this have to do with us? And on and on and on. And people are watching. Americans are not stupid. We talk about the greatest generation. You'd never hear this crap from the greatest generation. And people are watching, people who have more smarts than the people who are on TV, radio, and writing. Who are very, very skeptical about Russia. People who have more smarts than the people who are lecturing them. And when many of these people are part of the Putin wing of the Republican Party, and not just of the Republican Party, the Democrat Party too, it offends them. Biden appears to be benefiting from a rally around the Ukrainian flag moment. 
a whopping 83% of respondents, that would include Republicans, said they support the economic sanctions the U.S. and allies have leveled against Russia. That includes 8 in 10 Republicans, 80% Republicans. More than 69%, excuse me, 69% said they still support the sanctions even if they result in higher energy prices. That includes 80% Democrats, three-quarters of independents, and 60% Republicans. So rather than take Biden on, explain to the American people that the, the driving up of the price of fuel is part of a design by the, the Bidenites and the phony climate change types and so forth, reminding them that it started long before, rather than engaging substantively, it's very odd. The Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the De- it sounds like the Putin wing of the Democrat Party, which is most of the Democrat Party, and the Putin wing of the media. In other words, I talked about this last week. They claim they're American firsters. Do they sound like American firsters to you, America? They're trashing our country. They're talking up Putin. They're trashing NATO. Now, you can trash specifics, like decisions that Biden made that have helped provoke our enemies who were looking for weakness and found it. Or decisions that certain NATO countries made, again, the weakness of Germany and other countries in the face of a rising Russia and China. So you're attacking them from a rational basis. But if you're attacking them because you, uh, you think taking out Soleimani was provocative, uh, even though he was the enemy, or taking down Putin is provocative, even though he's taking down everything and anything in sight that he possibly can. So in other words, if you're arguing from a McGovernite-type position, you're weakening the Republican Party, and you're weakening the, uh, the effort to coalesce and unite to confront an enemy. Now, I'm not against people speaking their minds and having free speech, but I'm also not against calling, calling out this strange ideology that claims to be American first when it's not. It's not America first when you're trashing America. You can trash Joe Biden without trashing America. I do it every, every day, and he deserves it. The State of the Union Address. Now, about four and five said they're very concerned or concerned about cyber attacks on the United States and that the conflict will spread to a wider Europe. Seven, I'm telling you, Americans are smart as a general rule. Seven in ten are worried that nuclear weapons will be used. Older Americans, those 45 and older who lived through the Cold War, were 14% more likely to be concerned. Americans are split on whether Biden's approach has been the right, 46%, too cautious, Excuse me, 46% about right, 43% too cautious, 6% too aggressive. This is is the Biden wing of the Republican Party. He's been way too aggressive. No, he hasn't. It's been a joke. But the State of the Union address appears to have helped Biden. Uh, And um, according to this particular poll, now people will forget about the State of the Union address. They will not forget about this war. And I think one thing conservatives and Republicans, patriots of all stripes, should be doing now is banging the pots and pans about how Biden is using Russia to cut a deal with the Iranians that ensures they get nuclear weapons. That is insanity by all standards except the standard of the Biden administration and his corrupt media supporters. I don't think anybody can understand that. And I noticed Jake tapped out and others really didn't focus in much on this. 
the Sunday shows didn't really focus in much on this. And they should have. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Few other issues I want to I want to hammer here from Robert Costa of CBS News. Robert Costa used to be a conservative. He used to write for National Review. He used to be at the Pubic Broadcasting Service. Now he's partnered with. He's sort of the new uh, Bernstein with Woodward and Bernstein, uh, but he's over at CBS, so he really can't decide where he wants to be. I suppose. Now all that said. Uh, Conservative think tanks' exclusive gathering will include Biden official, but not Trump. This is how sick these people are. Let me repeat. This is how sick these people are. A private, off-the-record gathering of conservative leaders and wealthy donors will convene this week in Sea Isle, Georgia, with appearances by a Biden White House official and several critics of former President Donald Trump. This is the American Enterprise Institute. To all you conservatives and big donors who are giving money to the American Enterprise Institute, you should stop. Trump was not invited to the exclusive event, which will be attended by some of the Republican Party's biggest donors, according to two people familiar with the event who are not authorized to discuss it. Of course not. The conservative American Enterprise Institute, it's not really conservative, it's more sort of center-right. Their annual World Forum this year will be held at the Cloister, a high-end hotel complex in Sea Island, and feature invite-only discussions, meals, and access to miles of private beach. Oh, this must be tough, Mr. Producer. The schedule for this year's forum was obtained by CBS News, the Center for Public Integrity, a nonprofit watchdog that focuses on corruption abuses of powers, described the gathering as a secretive event where industry titans and GOP mega-donors mingle with mostly Republican power players at an exclusive off-the-record retreat. Now, folks, there's nothing wrong with a confidential meeting of donors and other people and so forth. It's done 50 times a day. 50 times a day. Probably by the donors to the Center for Pubic Integrity, too. That's not the point. The point is this phony Washington organization that encourages you to give them money is a disgrace. The makeup of this year's conference reflects AEI's drift in recent years, while the nonpartisan but historically conservative group has previously supported aspects of Trump's agenda. Many of its scholars have become critics of the former president, particularly after he refused to concede defeat 
in the 2020 presidential election. Not too many scholars there, really. Guess what? One of the key speakers at this week's gathering will be Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who's been working behind the scenes to recruit candidates who come from a more traditional Republican mold in terms of both policy positions and rhetoric. No, no, people who will support him. So there you have it. You got you to be careful on who you support, who you listen to, because some of these groups, I mean, when you consider the circumstances going on today, these American Marxist movements and so forth, I mean, Donald Trump was an outstanding president, outstanding. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, who Trump harshly criticized for using to endorse his efforts to decertify Biden's 2021 in the state, will also speak at the forum. He's criticized for more than that. And McConnell attempted to recruit Ducey to jump into the Arizona Senate race, but the governor finally declined. Instead of celebrating Trump like the conservative political action conference in Orlando last month, and I was there, this year's AEI World Forum will feature Democrats alongside congressional Republican officials. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats don't threaten us. In 2016, Russia collusion. That's right, conspiring with the FBI and the intelligence agencies. The Democrats don't threaten us. No. Challenging the 2016 election is illegitimate. No, no, no. AI's James Petitukas. Petakuki. Petakukas. I don't know what the hell his name is. Doesn't matter to me. I think we had him on the air 10, 10 years ago or something. I don't remember. But we got to get the Biden guys in here. You know, they're about to sell out the United States to the Iranians and so forth. The border's wide open. They're attacking the independence of the court and separation of powers. That's the kind of moderate we support. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. The liberals and the Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. There's a website called Axios, which is rather left-wing. However, they are, according to other reports, trying to sort of moderate their politics. Uh, They don't want to be a completely failed enterprise like CNN and MSNBC. And the New York Times, which had to be bailed out, and the Washington Post, it had to be bailed out. And I passed this around to as many of my friends and colleagues and people I could think of to make an issue out of this, and I will explain why once I lay out the facts. The piece is by Lachlan Markey and Jonathan Swan. 
High-powered group targets Trump lawyers' livelihoods. Again, I don't know if anyone spoke about this today, but it doesn't matter. A dark money group. You'll notice there's a lot of dark money groups associated with the Democrat Party and their efforts to destroy our electoral process. A dark money group with ties to Democratic Party heavyweights will spend millions of dollars this year to expose and try to disbar, to try to disbar more than 100 lawyers who worked on Donald Trump's post-election lawsuits, people involved with the effort tell Axios. So let's stop there just for a moment. This tells you one of the reasons why the January 6th Stalinist Committee on the Hill, led by Benny Hill Thompson and Dizzy Cheney, this tells you why they're subpoenaing so many lawyers. They're actually doing the groundwork for this dark money group. I'm, I'm convinced of that, Mr. Producer. Does that make sense to you? They're gathering the information using your tax dollars. A front committee set up by Nancy Pelosi with all hitmen and hit women using subpoena power and the power of the D.C. left-wing courtroom system to gather information on individual lawyers. Not that there's anything wrong with the information on the, that the lawyers have created, but to create a, an environment where these lawyers have tried to overthrow part of an insurrection. That information is being and will be made public. So the Democrat Party, with their dark money group, can use that information, pretend that it's official, file that information with radical ethics committees, appendages to state Supreme Courts, many of which are elected, as in Pennsylvania, in order to take out these lawyers. Take out these lawyers. So Donald Trump and others who come after him will not have the ability to hire lawyers because lawyers would rather not have to defend their own licenses. I want you to think about this now. This vile totalitarianism. This is your Democrat Party. They went through the states, as I exposed, over and over and over again. Begged that we have hundreds of lawyers available on Election Day. Nobody would listen. Nobody. The RNC is too full of itself. Mitch McConnell's too full of something else. They wouldn't act. Oh, you dare to challenge the election? This stuff's going on right under our nose. The 65 Project is what it calls plans to begin filing complaints this week and will air ads in battleground states. It hopes to deter right-wing legal talent, right-wing meaning conservatives, from signing on to any future Republican efforts to overturn elections, including the midterm elections or 2024. Now they will, Mark Elias and the other slip-and-fall lawyers and ambulance chasers, they don't have any hesitation to change election laws, to challenge election laws, to go after individual congressmen and try and prevent them from even running. That's going on, too. And now this. The group takes its name from a count of lawsuits that sought to invalidate the 2020 results. Well, that's not correct, the number, then. Because some of these cases are important, these constitutional cases. David Brock, 
David Brock, who founded Media Matters for America and the Super PAC American Bridge 21st Century, and is a Hillary Clinton hitman, a prolific fundraiser for Democrats, is advising the group. Advisory board members include former Senate minority, uh, Majority Leader Tom Daschle and Paul Rosenzweig, a conservative and member of the Federalist Society who was former senior counsel for Ken Starr's Clinton-era Whitewater investigation and served in George W. Bush's Department of Homeland Security. So you see the slime balls here. Rosenzweig, if that is his name, Daschle. Brock, former Utah Supreme Court Chief Justice Christine Durham, Robert Ramo, the first woman to serve as president of the American Bar Association, are also members. I would encourage conservatives in Congress, and I would encourage people to ask the Internal Revenue Service to investigate and audit these various organizations like the American Bar Association to determine, in fact, whether or not they're nonpartisan, because they're not. The project was devised by Melissa Moss, a Democratic consultant and former senior Clinton administration official. Hillary Clinton hates America. She's burned down one institution after another. She's been behind the Russian hoax and collusion. Now she's behind this, to intimidate anybody to represent challenges to these various uh, election so-called outcomes. Some of the lawyers targeted described the tactics as naked political intimidation. This move is nothing more than a desperate attempt by leftist hacks and mercenaries. Paul Davis, a Texas attorney targeted for his presence at, the Cap- at Capitol Hill on January 6th, wrote in an email to Axios. He described an effort to neutralize anyone on the right with the ability to stand in the way of the left's efforts to hide malfeasance in the 2020 elections and to clear the path for a repeat of similar malfeasance in the 2022 midterm elections. That's the key. This is an intimidation effort. The 65 Project is targeting 111 attorneys in 26 states who are involved to some degree in efforts to challenge or reverse 2020 election results. They include lawyers at large national law firms with many partners and clients and lawyers at smaller regional firms. And these ads will air in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Do you believe this? Brock said the idea is to not only bring the grievances and the bar complaints, but shame them and make them toxic in their communities and their firms to destroy them. With great power comes great responsibilities. Lawyers have a special role in and special obligation to society, Rosenzweig told Axios. Rosenzweig, you're a puke. Fraud, a phony, and a puke. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, I've sent this all around. And all I get is people whining. This is terrible. This is it. Nobody promising to act. They need to fight back. Cleta Mitchell they've attacked. Who resigned Foley and Lardner as she assisted the Trump campaign's post-election legal efforts. Characterized the 65 Project's efforts as hypocritical. She is a fantastic lawyer. Great character. She says, I'm betting Mark Elias isn't on the list. Linking a story about the Democrat attorney's challenge to the results of a House race in Iowa last year. And what about his claims of voting machine irregularities in another New York case? 
Okay for Democrat lawyers to file election challenges, of course. John Eastman, who is a very, very good man, who crafted a legal memo detailing Trump's options for overturning the election, already is facing a bar complaint in California. He, quote, expects the bar's investigation into these matters will fully exonerate him from any charges, his attorney said. As was his duty as an attorney, Dr. Eastman zealously represented his client and so forth. So now this is, this is again, a Stalinist Soviet tactic. This is a Mao tactic, a Xi tactic, an Un tactic. And so, of course, Brock has his fingers in it. Any repubic who supports this is a disgusting disgrace. As a matter of fact, any lawyer involved in this. And as a matter of fact, let me go a step further. Any ethics board or committee that accepts these is, is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. It was very, very difficult for Donald Trump to get lawyers in the first place because the Democrats were threatening their clients their private sector clients, their business clients, and so forth, intimidating them, threatening to cut them off, threatening to boycott them, many of them retail outlets, if they dared to represent Trump in any of these cases, in any of them. And so a lot of these main law firms dropped out. So here they're going to make it even more difficult. Well, I have an idea. What's, goose for the, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. People should file complaints against these other lawyers, whether it's Elias or any of the rest of them. I mean, after all, we want integrity in the legal system, don't we, ladies and gentlemen, in fairness? Of course, the problem is most of these bar associations are controlled by the kooks, the crackpots, the activists, the left. Which is why maybe it's time to really examine these bar associations from an antitrust perspective, from a tax perspective and with respect to uh, many of them being non-profit enterprises, so claimed. Maybe it's time for the conservative legal groups to take a really good look at the American Bar Association, Pennsylvania Bar Association, California Bar Association, the Washington, D.C. Bar Association, all these bar associations all over the country. It's like the school boards and the teachers' unions, ladies and gentlemen. We have allowed the left to control these entities to devour them. Now they're using it to try and crush opposition. If the lawsuits are so pointless, why do they care if a lawyer brings them? Why do they care? Because they don't want Republicans to hire lawyers to help represent them when they're fighting these these other efforts. That's why. I wonder if Bill Barr is going to comment on this, Mr. Producer. I wonder if any of the so-called news hosts are going to inquire into this, investigate this, the intimidation of lawyers. I wonder. Answer is they won't. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. 
Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Couple of announcements. There's a young man who I've seen grown up over the years. who turned 10 yesterday. His name's Shia. Shia is a patriot. He's like a genius little prodigy. Comes from a wonderful family. Close to us. And uh, he's just a very happy, smart young man. And so I want to wish him a happy... 10th birthday. As I say, he's a patriot. He's already a patriot. He's very well read. He reminds me of me, actually. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ben Shapiro, something like that. But anyway, he's a great young guy. And his, uh, his parents, Haley and uh, Ben, so-so Ben, you know. Uh, but anyway, no, seriously, great. The grandparents, Linda and Ted, are dear friends of ours, too. So I wanted to mention that. I also wanted to mention my beautiful niece, the daughter of my wonderful older brother, Douglas, just got engaged today. See, life goes on. And I couldn't be happier for us. We couldn't be happier for us. For her. All of us. And then on a little lighter note, my daughter Lauren, husband Nick, our grandkids, um, they have adopted a little dog. A little dog from a rescue. And uh, the dog, there were four of them, puppies, that were found. Uh, he's a mix of, I don't know what, but he's a beautiful little dog. Nobody seemed to want him, so she decided to foster the dog which I knew would lead to the adoption, which it did. But there were four, four dogs, so they named him after the Beatles. And this dog's name was Lennon. And I said, you can't name the dog Lennon. They'll think it's, you know, Vladimir Lennon or something. She agreed. So there's a big discussion on the name, and the name that they decided on is a great name, Patton. Like General Patton. And yes, it's a boy dog. He's not transitioning. So a lot of nice things, positive things are going on. And that's what you want, right? Now my family is not the only family that's experiencing wonderful things like that. And that's why if you don't look at Ukraine and see what's taking place there and aren't truly disgusted by what Putin has initiated and done, you don't have a heart and you don't have a soul. And most of the arguments I hear, the Putin wing, they don't have a mind. It's just bizarre. Oh, well, one other thing. A shout out to Abby. Two of our closest friends, Charlie and Vanessa, their little dog had an operation and it was successful. I love to hear when these operations are successful on these dogs, Mr. Producer. 
I think she's around 10, give or take. All right, folks, thank you for uh, bearing with me. Or your forbearance is appreciated. we got a lot more very, very important issues. Don't forget I'll be on Hannity around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But we've got a lot more to hammer here. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877 381 3811 877 381 3811 The, uh, where is it? What did I want? Oh, here we are. Mr. Producer, where is the audio of the guy that keeps trashing the Constitution? It's here. What did I do with that? Do we have. There it is. This is what I wanted to get to. Ellie Mistel, or Eli Mistel, he's a justice correspondent for the nation. We've talked about him before recently. And he believes we're to trash the Constitution. Now, the nation has always been anti-American, in my view, always radical. Some would even argue of the Marxist vein. I would argue that. And because he's a nut, he was invited on The View, which is filled with nuts. Anna Navarro, nut. Joy Behar, nut. But he's out there because, not that he's saying anything intelligent, substantive, or relevant, because he's trashing the Constitution. He's trashing the Constitution. So they give him more and more of a platform. And so I have to give a platform to this, not to promote him, but to denounce what's taking place here. Now, this is from Friday. Cut 18, go. Some will say, okay, so are you arguing for throwing out the Constitution? Should the Constitution be thrown out? What do we do? Speaking in somewhat broken English, there is Anna Navarro, former Republic. Start from the top, please. Go ahead. Some will say, okay, so are you arguing for throwing out the Constitution? Should the Constitution be thrown out? What do we do? Is it a living document is it a, or is it a sacred document? It's certainly not sacred. All right, let's start there. <laughs> the Constitution is kind of trash. 
Now, let's just, again, let's just talk as adults for a second. What did you say? It's what? It's kind of trash. Trash. It was was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody to look like me what they thought about the Constitution. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, oh, Jim, come over here. What do you think about this old Constitution? Well, Massa, I so don't like how you sell my children. Um, but I gotta say, man, this King George, he needs to be stopped. Yeah. My, my grandpappy used to say, ain't no taxation without representation for Massa. Like, that's not what happened. Okay. Right? This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say if that, that if that is the starting point, mm-hmm. the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. There you go. Which means modern world, which means whatever he wants it to say. Now, while he's right, uh, they didn't open this up to the participants based on race and genitalia and so forth. The reason the guy is a dumbass, and by the way, a big dumbass, is he has no comprehension of where this even comes from. The Declaration of Independence, let's start there, then we'll get to the Constitution. The Declaration of Independence borrows from the Greeks, borrows from Judeo-Christian belief systems, regardless of race, regardless of genitalia. These were men who wrote the Declaration, who embraced the great founders, and what they talked about is what's relevant. Not even who participated. And the women on The View are so stupid that they allow a Marxist like this, in my view that's what he is, to roll them with his theatrics, with his drama. But he's not a very bright guy in my view. And yes, there have been many societies that had slaves. As a matter of fact, most societies had slaves. Most societies in the Middle East had slaves. Like Jews, were slaves. They built the pyramids as slaves. Slaves in Africa, where one tribe would conquer another. Slaves south of the border. There were slaves in Indonesia, in the Far East. Slaves in Europe. Slaves in America. Blacks held slave, whites held slave, browns held slaves. Various religious denominations held slaves. And so everything that America stands for, you see, is to be burned into a crisp. Because its, its birth was not perfect. In fact, it was imperfect. Therefore, everything that comes from the Declaration and everything that comes from the Constitution is to be rejected, you see. Now, how stupid is that? How stupid is that? So, who are the insurrectionists? The people of the left. They're the insurrectionists. They're the ones who want to destroy the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. You hear this blowhard, you hear? He's, he's all over TV. He's all over TV. So I just point this out to you, that this is going on. Most of us don't watch The View. Most of us don't know who this slob is. Ellie, or Eli, 
Mistal. Go ahead. That's Do you want to rewrite it? Line. Do you want to rewrite it? I could, right? <laughs> I, could, I could rewrite parts of it in a tweet, right? Like, how about popular election for, for, for the president? Mm-hmm. Um, people vote, not land. That's not even in there, is it? I'm saying yeah, that's what I was rewriting it. We could do it in a tweet. People vote, not land. What is he talking about? People vote, not land. They had the popular action of the president. Hamas had their popular election of their leader, too. See, he's a complete moron. He's surface level. And so what he does is he he goes down the hot button issues. Liberty is the first issue. How do we get it? How do we secure it? How do we retain it? That's the issue. We're not a parliamentary system. We're not a pure democracy. We never pretended to be. And it has served us very, very well. Very well. And if this clown believes in the vote, the vote, the vote, the vote, the vote, the way he says, then it would seem to me 13% of the population is in big trouble because that's what represents the black population in America. So if all whites come together, dummy, and they vote against blacks, is that okay? Lincoln wouldn't have thought so. The founders would not have thought so. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? This guy promotes a process that could have, well, extended slavery. This guy promotes a process that, in many cases, would be detrimental to the 13% of the black American population because they're not in the majority. And... Of course, you've got to view everything through race like he does. And so the framers of the Constitution were actually more progressive, not in the communist sense, but in the thinking and, re- and, and reasoning sense than this dummy was, or is. What do they say in the Declaration? They talk about voting. They talk about where authority comes from. And that's the real problem that Ellie Eli Mistel has, where authority comes from. That's his real problem. Go ahead. You know, um, term limits right. for Supreme Court justices. And how about no states' rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing, and guns? No right. states' rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing, You see what I mean? It's just Push's agenda. A kook agenda. That's what he's talking about. That's why we have to trash the Constitution. Hey, dummy, what if people vote against the Bill of Rights? Is that okay with you? Is that okay, dummy? Yes or no? Cut 19, go. It's just better. That's just, that's just better. And, and there are the clapping seals in the audience, by the way. What is it, Rich? All right, let's play it to the end. Well, here's the problem with the amendment process. Really fast now, I got 20 seconds. The problem with the amendment process is that in in American history, there have been 115 people allowed to interpret what the amendments mean. 108 of them have been white. Okay. That's talking about the Supreme Court. So 108 of them have been white. Does that mean they're anti-black? I don't get this guy. He wants to centralize government. He attacks the states. But he wants popular vote in every instance, which means the vast majority of voters are white. He trashes the Supreme Court 
And yet the Supreme Court exists to counter the majoritarianism aspect of a, of a republic. That's where you got Brown versus Board of Education and some of these other decisions. So he's incoherent. He's utterly and completely incoherent. But he gets up there burping up stupid things. Guy hasn't missed too many meals, I can say that. Guy hasn't missed too many meals. May I say it? I think I will, since he's busy focusing on the physical. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So the Marxist left wants to eliminate the Constitution. The Marxist left wants to eliminate the Constitution. Gee, who knew? We knew. And if he can't eliminate it outright, at least interpret it in a way that destroys it, eviscerates it. Okay. Because here we have some kook at the nation who says certain people weren't represented when it was adopted. So uh, he wants a lot of voting. Because those people were in the minority and they weren't available to, or they weren't there to help construct the Constitution. Of course, the idiot doesn't understand if that's the way things work, then the minorities lose almost every time. But, you know, if people vote the way he thinks, that's exactly what would happen. Over at Newsmax, excuse me, over at the Newsbusters, our buddy Jeffrey Lord of Free Press under assault attempts to silence Newsmax and OAN. And this is how they operate. This is how they work. You saw what happened in Canada. You saw what happened in big media during the course of our election. You saw what Zuckerberg did. You saw this guy Elias did. You see what the media do. And you're not allowed to talk about any of it. In his written speech at CPAC, former President Trump felt compelled to speak up for One American News. Why? The Associated Press has headlined this, DirecTV drops Trump-friendly One American News. DirecTV says it plans to drop the right-wing TV channel One America News Network. And then there is the targeting of Newsmax, another pro-Trump conservative TV outlet, Atlantic Broadband, now called BreezeLine, has recently announced it was dropping Newsmax. So too did Hargrave Cable and Blue Ridge. This comes on top of the news on this subject back there in the ancient times of 2021. Here's a headline from the Washington Times. Congressional Democrats bully cable providers to drop Fox, Newsmax, and OAN. And you might recall, we spent a lot of time on this. Taken all together... And there is one standout fact in the case of the American left. America's free press is under assault. And by the way, the so-called free press is also assaulting parts of the press it doesn't like. What's happening is that this or that group of left-wing corporate media elites urged on by Democrats in Congress are removing choice from the American audience because they detest conservatives and Trump and therefore have determined to silence both as expressed in the media. It's one of the reasons we have uh, LevinTV.com and the Blaze TV News Network. It's one reason you have the Daily Mail and the Daily Caller and, and Breitbart. 
and so many other fantastic sites that you really should take advantage of. Legal insurrection. The Bongino Report. Can't think of all of them. Not trying to stiff anybody. I'm just saying there's a lot of options out there, a lot of alternatives out there that you should really consider, I, I think. And uh, we should get behind this Convention of States movement. 18 states now. That is fantastic. Can't afford to lose a state like South Dakota because a few uh, pumpkin heads over there in the state Senate do what they do. There's also a great piece, certainly you need to think about this, on the uh, AMAC site, which has, I told you, fantastic articles, Association of Mature American Citizens. It's amac.us. The most dangerous lame duck in history. With Democrats' likelihood of retaining control of Congress slipping away an astonishingly low approval rate, and more than half of Democrat voters saying they want someone else on their party's ticket in 2024, Biden may already be a lame duck president. That isn't likely to stop the radical policies, writes Shane Harris, emanating from the White House, and may only encourage the embattled president to double down on his destructive progressive overreach to cement his Im- imagined legacy. So it goes on, and what he's saying here, and it's very important, is that look at it from a different vantage point. Number one, if you think you're always going to win because you live in a Democrat district and the Democrats are always win and you're running for office and you got no problem, you're going to press ahead with your agenda no matter what. But he's saying the opposite is also true. That is, if you're a loser and you know you're going to lose and you know you're going to lose in one or two election cycles, you're going to press ahead with your agenda and try and enshrine it before you lose. There is that. As a footnote, I've talked to you many times about the fact that we cannot be overconfident about winning the midterm election. I hope we win in a massive, massive slaughter of the Democrats to send a message through and through throughout the culture. And we may well, but that said, that's not how you fight an election. It's not how you fight a military operation. It's not how you fight in a sporting event. You fight like you're behind. You take nothing for granted. You assume nothing. That's how you become a winner and stay a winner. And his point is, if they eat it, for them this isn't political suicide. For them this is, let's get these things done before we're thrown out. And, and it's particularly true with the Democrat Party that has a totalitarian mindset. When they lose elections, they claim to win. When they win elections, they claim a a mandate. You got a 50-50 Senate and a three or four vote majority in the House, and they think that gives them a mandate, or they pretend, more correctly, that that gives them a mandate to destroy our constitutional construct, to nationalize our voting system, to open our borders to any damn person who wants to mosey on into this country, to blow out the budget. To destroy one program after another in the private sector. To destroy energy independence. That's what they think. And what Shane here is saying at the AMAC site is, they're going to do more. This is a very, very dangerous lame duck. 
He believes it is a lame duck, and he believes it's dangerous. Well, it's dangerous, that's for sure. I'll be right back. Radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. Colonel Kemp, on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night, this guy is no slouch. He was a commander of Afghan forces for a period for the British, but also he fought in Northern Ireland and other places. He is a a brilliant man by experience, combat experience, and uh, as well as uh, uh, giving significant advice to very important entities and here he was last night cut 22 go you see what's happening in ukraine you see the response of nato you see the response of individual countries what do you make of this i think uh, what we're seeing now is is the response of russia to american weakness and european weakness and the weakness of nato and and i think really he he watched very carefully when President Biden ordered the disgraceful withdrawal from Afghanistan, and he sensed strong weakness there. He really did. He sensed that this was his opportunity, as he took the opportunity when Obama was in power to uh, seize the Crimea in 2014. He didn't do anything when Trump was in power because he didn't know what Trump would, how Trump would react. He saw him as a volatile and probably stronger leader than either Biden or Obama. So. Now he's, he was faced with Afghanistan. He, he smelt weakness and he went for it. Um, and that, I think, is the, the fundamental uh, beginnings of this particular war. Y- yes, of course, it's Putin, not Biden, who is responsible for what's happened. But I think our weakness, US, Britain, NATO weakness, is what has led to this situation. And you spoke earlier about whether or not uh, Putin should be taken out of this game. My, my question would be, why shouldn't we take him out? He's the, he's the military commander. He's the commander in chief of the Russian forces who have invaded, unprovoked, invaded Ukraine, killed many, many Ukrainians and is going to kill many, many more. Why would we not take him out if we think that could end this terrible situation and end Putin's further aggression? If, if for example, rather than appease Hitler in the 1930s, we'd focused on getting rid of him, we would not have had the Second World War and we would not have had the millions of people that were killed following that. So, yeah, he should be taken out one way or another. He should be brought down and brought down as rapidly as possible. Now, the, the, if, you, if, you can't, if you can't actually physically take him out, then you can focus on, and, and I think it should be NATO's primary strategic objective to see Putin come down, to see his downfall. And, and, and encourage, as much as we possibly can, encourage whatever resistance exists in Russia. And it's not very strong. And it's not very good. But we should be encouraging them to bring him down as well. And we should also be supporting whoever we can identify as a potential less evil leader. Because let's, let's make no mistake about it, that Putin is the number one threat to the West in Europe at the moment. He will not stop at Ukraine. He may well... Uh, bring down the Ukrainian government and occupy Ukraine, and hopefully will then suffer the severe consequences of that in a lengthy insurgency conflict. But that will not be the end of it. He will then go for the Baltic states. He will go for Finland. He will go to for Moldova, and he will have his eyes on for even countries even further west than that, such as Poland. He will he will not stop. He will continue to be our 
main enemy, and we need to do everything we possibly can to neutralize that threat. More from Colonel Kemp. Cut 23, go. It is inconceivable to me that we'd be using the Russians, who are doing what they're doing right now, threatening us uh, as they escalate the war in Ukraine, as our go-between with the Iranian regime, who keeps threatening us, and wants the okay to build ICBMs with nuclear warheads. What do you make of this? It, it, it is a parallel universe, Mark, to be honest. Uh, I would never have dreamt, um, you know, uh, even relatively recently, that the president of the United States would not only be so hell-bent on giving Iran nuclear weapons, which is what this deal actually does. It, 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 it's just a pretense that it in any way slows down or prevents them becoming a dangerous nuclear power. It, uh, it, 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 it paves their way. This, this deal was created by President Obama. And ever since he entered office, President Biden has been determined to get it back on track after Trump took it off its tracks. And, and he will stop at nothing to achieve that. He sees it as not only restoring Obama's legacy, but also creating his own legacy. And the very idea that we should be using as a go-between between the United States and, Russia and uh, Iran, we should be using the very country to negotiate a nuclear deal that has been threatening us with nuclear attack in, just in the last few days, and that has been firing on nuclear power stations. And we want to use them in some way as a, uh, a mediator, some way to facilitate negotiations between Iran. It is, it is total insanity. And I think, you know, it, it, the Israelis keep reminding us, and we should bear this in mind regarding Russia directly as well. The, the Iranians keep reminding us that when a leader threatens us with annihilation, whether it be the, the supreme leader in Iran or whether it's Putin in Russia threatening us with annihilation, which they have done. They've, they've, the um, Khomeini has made it very clear that he sees Israel as a country that needs to be destroyed and eliminated, and he plans to do so by nuclear weapons. Putin has threatened us with nuclear weapons. And the Israelis remind us frequently that when somebody like that threatens you, you must take it seriously. Of course, many of their people suffered the consequences of a leader in the past, Adolf Hitler, who threatened to annihilate them and did so to a very large extent. So we cannot allow this to continue. We should not be allowing any form of normalized relationships with Russia. I believe we should sever diplomatic relations anyway. We should probably stop any Russians from traveling to our countries. We should certainly cut off trade totally with Russia, isolate them, make them a pariah state, certainly not use them to negotiate a nuclear deal with a country that has a proven track record of terrorism, extremism that, dis, that intends to have a nuclear missile arsenal that will not only threaten the Middle East, not only threaten Israel, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, other countries in the Middle East. It will also directly threaten us because his ballistic missile program is not designed to deliver nuclear weapons into just the Middle East. It's designed to have the range to deliver nuclear missiles into Washington, D.C. and London as well. So th this is not a situation we can tolerate. The deal should be immediately stopped. Negotiations for the deal should be immediately stopped. And as we should isolate uh, Russia, we should also isolate and cut off relations with Iran. They should both be pariah states. 
and, and their leaders should be brought down if we possibly can. Uh, and, and hopefully mm -hmm. with more reasonable leaders installed that we can do business with and that don't threaten our countries and our people, as both of these despots have been doing. And speaking of Russian Putin, the WNBA all-star Brittany Griner was arrested by the Russians on drug charges. Um, what's his name? Blinken, the Secretary of State, was reluctant to comment on about it. Comment about it. She was arrested at an airport near Moscow last month. They searched her luggage, the Russians allegedly found vape cartridges containing hashish oil. I don't even know what this is. Is that a drug, Mr. Producer? Marijuana? The Russian Federal Customs Service issued a statement Saturday that it had opened a criminal investigation into the large-scale transportation of drugs. Well, it doesn't sound like a large-scale transportation of drugs, does it? Uh, which in Russia can carry prison sentence of up to 10 years. The timing of her detainment raises concerns that her fate could become entangled in the politics and the war and all the rest of it. So there you have it. Now nobody's going to say, uh, you know, this Putin, he's, uh, he's escalating things. No. Only America escalates according to the Putin wing of our politics. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. John, Yorktown, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, first and foremost, Mr. Levin, God bless you and uh, Shalom. I want to say one thing. Thank you for your mom and your pop, because without them, we wouldn't have you. God bless their souls. Well, thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. The next, the next thing I want to say is, um, I retired United States Air Force fighter pilot and uh, 20 years flying commercial. And I did three no-fly zones from Saudi Arabia up into uh, just south of Baghdad. So I know about no-fly zones. I think what we should do, everybody's talking about no-fly zone, what we can do. Uh, I think what we should do is have the U.N. designate a north-south line west of Chernobyl down to the Black Sea and say this is going to be a humanitarian evacuation no-fly zone. We will put in NATO fighters to protect people leaving the country. That will protect Moldova. It will protect every other city west of that line from air um, bombardment. Uh, if that's too loose, they can narrow it down to we're going to put a 100-mile zone from every railroad, every major highway going from that line to all the West, Western or the Eastern uh, Western European countries and protect all the Ukrainians that we need to protect to leave the country. There's a whole bunch of rules, ROEs, on what you can do and what you can't do when you're doing a no-fly zone that would allow the Russians to do whatever they wanted to do underneath, on the ground. But anybody that penetrated the airspace of civilians, <clears throat> we would take them out. And nobody's you're very discussed that. You're very, you're very emotional about this. 
Yes, I am. Tell me what's going on. I know our hands are tied. We don't want to make you war. But sometimes you got to reach down in your uh, helmet bag and pull out a six-pack of kick-ass. Do what you got to do. And you are a combat veteran, a uh, pilot. Yes, and, uh, yes, sir. I've flew in uh, Just Cause, Desert Storm, <clears throat> several in Desert Fox, and the Southern Watch missions. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't it amaze you, sir. It does me that we keep, we're not really allowed to defend against Putin. Where there are only certain things that we can do that are not uh, not not as effective as they need to be. Otherwise, we might offend him. You ever heard anything like this? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, it's appalling. I understand the politics of it, and I think this. The, if the United Nations would say a humanitarian no-fly zone, the world would be with us. Everybody would be with us. We would protect the Ukrainians, and if the Russians want to come and they want to take a shot at us, let me tell you something. With the F-22s, nobody's going to take those jets down. And by the way, it doesn't take out. Like they can do it anyway. Doesn't sound like they have the greatest air force on the face of the earth either. So they don't, and I was really surprised by all the intel reports that I got from them. And it just reinforces what a great military that we have. I agree. Absolutely. Because we have what it takes. You're a very good man, and I want to thank you. Uh, for your service, and I want to thank you uh, for calling the program. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Mr. Producer, who's next, please? Live in up on Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Amanda, how are you? I'm well. It's an honor to speak with you. Um, you. I think that right now Putin is weak domestically because he has so many troops in Ukraine, and this is the time to to pull on his to play on his fear we say you have 24 or 48 hours depending on what the tacticians think if by that time you don't come to an agreement with us that we find is acceptable we will immediately instate full membership in nato for ukraine at which point further hostilities will trigger article 5 well what do you think of people who will say perhaps they're right this will trigger World War III, and you'll get Putin really to become violent and so forth. I don't think it will, because he knows that he is vulnerable domestically because so many of his troops are out of the country. China is not going to want to commit any troops or any weapons because they're so close to invading Taiwan, they can almost taste it. And his other allies aren't really strong enough to come to his aid, especially if we do it in such a short time period. I get the sense Americans are much more willing to help defend the Ukrainians, and I don't mean in a stupid, foolish way, recklessly sending troops and so forth, but in smart ways than the elitists in Washington and in the media and even the Putin wing of the Republican Party know. I think Americans don't like Putin, and they don't like what he's doing. And I want to thank you for your call. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute the truckers. And we salute our friends in Ukraine. We stand with you. And our friends in Russia who are being rounded up and thrown into prison by Putin. 
I'll be on Hannity in 30 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll see you then. 